Acts chapter number 2, I believe very fitting for this time of year. Last week as we're just given some of the beliefs that we hold to as being a Baptist, we looked at the letter I for individual soul liberty, and uh, I, I will say this, I, I walked out after the service and uh, I, I told a couple people, I said, felt like I should have just gone and preached to that wall over there. I said, I think everybody being on edge thinking that was just an anti-vax message. And I said, but we were in the, the mode of going. And I said, God took care of things. I said, but we do believe in individual soul liberty from the scriptures. We worship the Lord according to our individual conscience. And uh, no one's forcing you to be here today. No one's forcing me to be here today. And uh, so we're going to move on. I want to look at the letter S and, um, and what, what ought to be we would say as a, as a given when you're coming to church and, and actually part of a church, but really religions around this world, that's really not that big of a deal to them. And you'll understand when I say it that we as being Baptists and, and more importantly being Bible believers, we believed in a saved church membership. And all God's people said amen, right? A saved church membership. You say, Pastor, is that really that big of a deal? It sure is. It sure is. Look what the Bible says in Acts chapter number 2, and uh, we won't take the time this afternoon to be able to trace this all the way through the Scriptures, but Acts chapter number 2, look what it says in verse number, beginning in verse number 41. It says, And they that gladly received His word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, but look at this phrase, such as should be saved. And uh, when we think about this subject matter of, well, we're just coming to church, isn't it just a, a given that we have a saved church membership? I wish that it would be that way, except religions around this world do not hold to that belief from the Scriptures. And you say, well, why is that? Well, we could continue to go down through and we could name religion after religion, whether they have uh, baptism that allows them to be able to be a part and a member of that church, whether they go through so many sacraments and that allows them to be able to be a member of that church, or some it's just, hey, you're a good old boy, come on in and be a part of the membership of the church. Can I say none of them ought to be practiced that way according to the Word of God? And this came to a, 
Um, I won't say it came to a climax, but really when you start studying religions around this world, with some religions in the church, you're actually born into it. And that you are actually born into the membership of the church. Well, because we believe in individual soul liberty, guess what? You are not just grandfathered in. Um, to the church and, and through your relationship with Christ just because it's the church that your parents went to and your grandparents went to and your great-grandparents went to. That doesn't matter. Even here at Granite State Baptist Church, when someone turns 18, they have to make the conscious decision voluntarily that they are becoming a member here at Granite State Baptist Church under their own free will. They are not just grandfathered in. Well, my parents are here, and I've been part of this church since I was born. Well, we're not other religions around the world where you're just born into the church. Okay? And so, if some of you are confused as it is right now, okay, I'm talking about the Catholic Church, I'm talking about the Lutheran Church, I'm talking about other churches where that membership is just passed down from generation to generation. We see in the Scripture, let me say this, that salvation is of utmost importance to be part of the church. That's why, and especially here at Granite State Baptist, now, as far as I know, every other Baptist church that I've ever been a part of, that before you are officially a part of the church, there is a salvation testimony. Isn't it a wonderful thing to know that the people that you go to church with that are members of that church, that they're saved and on their way to heaven? You say, what's the possibility of having lost church members? There's, I believe this. I believe there's lost church members in every congregation across the country. I believe that. You say, but pastor, even here at Granite State Baptist Church, listen, I don't take it for granted that every person sitting here right now is saved. And it's on a Sunday afternoon, 12 o'clock service on Christmas Sunday after a snowstorm. You say, yes, everybody, if they come out on a day like this, I don't take it for granted that everyone's saved here today. You say, well, what if they've already joined the church? Well, they might be holding on to some prayer. They might be holding on to some good works that they have done in the past. They might be holding on to, well, I've just always been a Christian. Or this statement, I've just always been around it. Well, I've grown up in it. Now, listen, I'll say this. I grew up in it. And so, in fact, when I sat down, I was talking to Brother Justin, and uh, he caught me on this. He, he said, well, give me your testimony as a pastor. And I said, well, I said, I, I grew up as a preacher's kid. He said, you know, that's not good enough for salvation. I said, you're exactly right. And I said, I had to come to the point. Listen, I believe our young people have to come to the point, not just because Daddy and Mommy are saved. They have to come to the individual point in their life that they first of all acknowledge that they're a sinner. And we understand what Bible salvation is. May I remind us, we're talking about this matter of saved church membership. When we start talking about membership of a church, it's not just joining a social club that meets on Sundays and gets together for prayer and Bible study on Thursdays. 
It's not just a social club. It's not just something that, hey, I'm a member of the elks and I'm a member of the moose and I'm a member of the chickens and I'm a member of everything else, so I'll just be a member over here of the Baptist. That's the wrong philosophy and belief to have walking in. We understand when we start talking about salvation, be a part of the church, can I just remind us what Bible salvation is all about? And I believe it's a great afternoon, especially since I just preached last Sunday and we looked at the different classes of people that actually the Savior was announced to. We start talking about church membership. Listen, a saved church membership what is Bible salvation? So many people today believe that, have, have it nailed down. Can I say this? Getting baptized and dunked in a tank of water is not Bible salvation. It's a result of Bible salvation. You say, well, I've been baptized. A red flag goes up for me when I say, when did you get saved and trust Christ as your Savior? Well, I was baptized on such and such a day. Okay, that's wonderful, but I didn't ask you when you got baptized. Well, I joined the church on this Sunday. That's wonderful, but I didn't ask you when you got joined the church. Notice how I almost said got baptized again, stopped it after the word got, and then said join the church. Improper English all the way when you got joined to the church. I'm talking about Bible salvation. Can I say doing good works, being raised in a Christian home, being married to a Christian, being married to someone who wants to go to church on a regular basis, that's all wonderful, but that's not your personal decision for the Lord. You say, well, I do a lot of good works. Well, isn't it interesting that the Bible says two times in Scripture, one in, Hebrew, in uh, Ephesians chapter number 2, and then over in Titus chapter number 3, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to His mercy. Do you understand that every other religion around the world, except for Bible believers, is all a do, 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 do religion. You have to do this and do that and do this except for Bible believers. Bible believers, it's a done religion. And it's not what we have done, but it's what Jesus has done for us. When Jesus said, it is finished, guess what? He wasn't joking. He wasn't lying. When he said, it is finished, the price of salvation had been paid. He had shed his blood, he was buried, he was raised again the third day. That's what's necessary for salvation. We're not talking about doing good works. We're talking about coming to the point when we understand in our own personal hearts and lives, listen, that you and I are sinners. You say, Pastor, that's not a popular message. It is Christmas Sunday. Can we have a different message other than we're all sinners? Why would there be a need for Christmas if we weren't sinners? There wouldn't be a need. When we start talking sin, let me remind us, as I made mention this morning, sin is that which is against the Word of God. It's not that which is against me. It's that which is against the word of God and every one of us have broken God's commandments. You say, well, I'm a pretty good person. That's wonderful. Just start going down through the Ten Commandments with someone and see how many. You don't have to get too far down the line to realize, hey, you've broken God's law. 
And when we say broken God's law, we're not talking about doing 65 out here on 106 and breaking man's law. We're talking about breaking God's law. God's law, every one of us have. Now, because of being a sinner, and it was passed down from Adam, listen, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, so death is passed upon all men, for that all have sinned, okay? Every one of us are sinners. Ephesians chapter 2 says that we were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Hey, listen, every one of us that have children here never once had to sit our children down and teach them how to lie. All right, now here's how, maybe we had to teach them how to do a good lie. But I mean, we didn't have to teach them how to lie, okay? You ever come across that person, they just can't lie? Because it's all over their face. They can't lie. We didn't have to sit our kids down and say, now, now here's how you pitch a, and throw a temper tantrum. Now you got to lay down on the floor just right and kick your feet. And you got to stomp your hands. And you got to hold your breath. We never had to teach them that, did we? Did you guys not have kids that did any of that? Did we have to teach them when they had siblings? Did we have to teach them how to fight with each other? Isn't it amazing that sin just comes so naturally and doing wrong? You know why? Because that's who we are inside. We're sinners. We're automatically born, separated from God with a sin nature. Now, because of that sin, now here's Bible salvation now. Because of the fact that we're sinners, someone needs to pay for that sin. There's a debt. Someone's got to pay for it. So we're in two categories. Religion and Bible believers are in two categories. Religion will tell you this. Well, yes, they admit we're sinners. They'll admit that. And then they'll say this. Okay, here's what you can do about that. Okay, so here's a grocery list of all the good things that you can do. In fact, some will even say that you can be absolved of your sins by going and saying so many Hail Marys and Our Fathers and, and, and do all of this and, and another man behind the curtain. And don't bother about the man behind the curtain. But some guy behind the curtain is saying, okay, you do all of this and you'll be forgiven and adds all these good works to it. Can I say this? There's not one good work that you and I can do to allow us to earn salvation. Not a one of us. So here's the question. Why is it that religions around this world are saying you need to do this and do this and do this and do this? Now you be a good little boy and you might get saved one day. It's not about our good works. So why do religions around this world say, hey, you do all of these things and maybe you'll have a chance at heaven. And then they have all these members inside the church that they don't even know if they're saved. And I'm thinking, shouldn't a church membership be saved and, and know that we're on our way to heaven? Shouldn't there be a distinction there? But you got a lot of people that are just trying to work their way there. And listen, it doesn't matter if you're seated in a Baptist church this afternoon. If you're trying to work your way to heaven, guess what? It's not going to work. It's not going to get you there. We have a debt that we cannot pay. Every one of us are sinners standing before Almighty God and there's no amount of good works whatsoever that can get us to heaven. 
In fact, Isaiah said it this way in Isaiah 64. He said, all of our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. So think about this. I won't get into all the details. Go study out what those filthy rags are in the Bible. Okay? It's absolutely grotesque of you showing up to heaven as all the jokes go, show up at the pearly gates, go ahead and show up with a garbage bag full of those filthy rags, go ahead and get all your filthy rags out of the garage, put them in a bag, walk up to heaven and say, here's my payment to let me in. It's not going to work. So you say, well, what do we do then? If we can't work our way there, well, maybe I can do enough good works and maybe God will just have grace upon me and let me in. Listen, there is no big scale in heaven that's going to take all of our good works and put them on one side and all of our bad works and put them on the other and see which one outweighs. Not a one. There's not a big scale in heaven. You know why? Because judgment's already been made. Already been made. You say, well, but if we can't do enough good works, then what's going to happen? Well, you ever hear about a man named Jesus? So here's my question I ask everybody that's trying to work their way to heaven. Listen, if you can do all your good works, then why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Why would he go through all of that? Why would he suffer? Why would he allow himself to be beaten? You say, well, that was them doing that. No, Jesus said, no man taketh my life. He said, I lay it down willingly. And he said, if I lay it down, he said, I'll take it back up too. That's just who he was. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Do you understand that the reason he died on the cross was because there was no way that any one of us would spend eternity with our Savior in heaven if Jesus had not done that? None of us. You say, well, I just don't think it's fair for one person to have to pay for all the sins. Guess what? You're right. It's not fair. It's called love. And Jesus looked down and the Bible says, but God commendeth his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He looked down and and saw us and knew us at our absolute worst and said, I love him so much I'm going to die for him. Now you talk about a love. You talk about caring for someone. You talk about wanting to make a difference in their life. Jesus said, listen, you cannot get here, so I'm coming to you. You see, religions around this world, they're full of churches today, members of their churches, that they're doing all they can to try to gain favor with God. May I say this? Jesus died for us paid our entire sin debt. Now you think about it. Now let's think about this. If sin is doing something wrong against God, breaking God's law, how many sins do you think you've committed in your lifetime? Hey, listen, our sinning doesn't stop just because we grow up a little bit. Well, I'm not lying anymore. Well, I'm not, I'm not fighting with my siblings anymore. I'm not doing this. No, we may not be doing those things, but now we've just learned to hide the sin a little bit better. You say, but oh, they're just a cute little person right there. Yes, wonderful. But can I say this? They can be the cutest little sinner to ever walk the face of the earth. I wouldn't say that to someone else's baby that I go into the hospital to be able to see. But I said it about my own. Boy, aren't they a cute little sinner. 
Aren't they a cute little sinner? They're just adorable. Cute, cute little sinner. And then when they sin and they know they are, you tell me a two-year-old and they're going over and you say, now don't touch that. What do they do? And, And so... They pull their hand back and they scream like bloody murder that you just cut their hand off. (laughs) Isn't it interesting that they can actually touch something while looking at you? And they know exactly what they're doing. You know why? It's just in their nature. There is not enough good works for them to do from the day they're born to the day they die to be able to enter into heaven. And some are knowing your kids and you're saying, you're exactly right, they can't do enough to be able to pay for all that stuff. There's no way we can. Now, here's the thing. When we start talking about the New Testament church, it is about a saved church membership of knowing 100%, knowing we can go back to the time. I'm not saying we have the exact date and time and minute and second that's been written down. I don't have that. But I will say this. I remember as a five-year-old boy, it was on a Friday night up at Tabernacle Baptist Church up in Topsom, Maine. And all I knew is we were having Awanas on that Friday night and we had a a floor. It wasn't even as nice as this. It was just like a rolled out rubber floor in the church. And every week, all the chairs would get picked up, put off to the side. It actually had taped down, would have Awanas inside the auditorium there. And then Saturday, all the chairs would be put back down. We'd be able to have church on Sunday. I'll say this, one of those nights as a five-year-old boy, Larry Palmer got up and gave the message that Friday night and all of us were just sitting down there on the floor, just got done playing games. And he talked about the need of being saved. And I will say this, I don't remember, I don't remember what games we played that night. I don't remember anything else going on, but I do remember that I was a sinner and I needed Jesus. And I got up, I was kind of sitting in the middle on the floor towards the front, got up and went into a room right over here off this side of the platform. The room's still there today. Walked in there and sat, kneeled down. Someone came in, shared the verses of Scripture with me. I bowed my head to the best of my ability. I asked Jesus to come into my heart and save me. I remember that like it was yesterday. You say, but you were probably a pretty good five-year-old. I was a sinner that needed Jesus. And just because my dad was a pastor of a church, guess what? Didn't mean that I got to go in on his coattails. And you may be a member of a church. You may desire to be a member of a church. And you may not be able to give a salvation testimony. Listen, they were saved. We come back here to the book of Acts. The Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. I believe it's a wonderful thing that we know here at Granite State Baptist Church. Hey, there's nothing wrong with giving a salvation testimony. When you trusted Christ as your personal Savior, you say, well, I don't, I don't have that time. I don't, I don't remember that in my life. I just, my parents told me that I did that. I start getting a little skeptical. And, and listen, if this is yours, I'm not coming after you personally right now. When I have someone tell me that I, I was two years old. And I'm like, I don't remember crawling out of bed at two years old. I mean... <laughs> The only thing I remember, I guess I was three or four, I was, a, I was a bad sleepwalker when I was a kid. And I'd get out of bed, sleepwalk, and we were, I was on the second floor, and I'd actually think the top step was my bed. And I'd come over, and I'd lay down on that top step, and I'd roll over, and I'd, end, I'd, I'd wake up by the time I got to the bottom of them stairs, that's for sure. I don't remember much else. 
Can I say this? I remember the day I got saved. And it's not just something, it's not just something I'm going back and say, well, my dad told me I did this. It's not just something my mom told me I did this. Guess what? If that was the case, both of them are in heaven today. Who would I have to be able to remind me about the day I got saved if I didn't get saved? I got the Holy Ghost of God living inside of me, bearing witness with me that I'm a child of God. Every time I start to think about that, the Holy Spirit of God can take me back. Well, now it's 39 years. I'm 44. Take me back 39 years to when I was five years old. Be able to kneel down in that side room and ask Jesus to be my Savior. You say, Pastor, what are you saying? I'm saying I'm thankful for a saved church membership. And if you're here today and listen, you don't have that settled in your heart and life and you can't go back... I'm talking go back to the time and place, not, not the date. I'm just saying in your mind, in your heart, if you don't remember when you trusted Christ, I'm talking about realizing that you're a sinner. I'm not saying daddy said, hey, why don't you pray a prayer? I'm not saying mama come up alongside of you and say, oh, isn't that so cute? No, I'm talking about you realize you were a sinner in need of a Savior. Not just doing something to pacify mom and dad. Not just doing something to to pacify your husband or your wife. I'm talking about you know in your heart that God was convicting your heart and life. Convicting you knowing that you're a sinner. And that you needed to be saved. And you called upon the Lord for salvation. Hey, the Bible says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead. Guess what? Thou shalt be saved. He said down in verse number 13, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Can I say this? Granite State Baptist Church is not just a social club for anybody off the street to be able to walk into and and join. Every person, every person, here's the joy about starting the church, every person that has joined and been a part of Granite State Baptist Church has given their salvation testimony on when they've gotten saved. You say, well, well, what if it was a false testimony? That's between them and the Lord. They can fool me all day long. But they're not fooling God. And there's some, I believe, that are sitting in churches today that you're still basing it off your good works. You're still basing it off you've grown up in it. We've got some young people that think, well, my dad, my dad and mom go to church. I prayed a little prayer when I was three years old and I don't remember any of it. There's a need for a Savior. And that's the whole purpose of Christmas time. That's why he was announced. Not, and listen, he wasn't announced one time to the shepherds, to Joseph, or to Mary, or to the nation of Israel. He wasn't announced as the King of Kings. He was announced as the Savior because that's why he came. And that's why we have Christmas. Don't miss, don't miss the, whole, the whole point of Christmas is a savior and a saved church membership listen it's not your baptism that allows you to be able to be in it's even though i believe you you have to be saved you have to be baptized first step of obedience it's not your good works can i say this i'll take it a step further it's not your money well pastor you allow us to be members here at granite state baptist church we can write out a pretty good check doesn't matter We've never checked one person's checking account before they became a member of Granite State Baptist. And all God's people said, Amen. (laughs) 
Hey, it's not about the checking account. It's not about I can get status there at the church because of who I am. No, actually, James warned about all that stuff, didn't he? We're not bringing people down front here saying, oh, you dress better than so-and-so, so you get to be down front because there's a chance you might be on camera when we're live streaming. I heard a great devotion lately, and I won't deal with it right now, but that was nothing more than a backslidden usher that was doing that. A backslidden usher was saying, hey, you sit here, but then to the other one, oh, you sit down here. You sit down front. He was in goodly, goodly attire. That was a backslidden usher that was choosing where people were sitting. And I thought, no, it's not about that. But you know what I'm thankful here at Granite State? I'm thankful being part of a Baptist church. And I said this a couple weeks ago. It's not our economic status that puts us all in the same room. It's that we're saved by the grace of God. Isn't that a blessing? I mean, who would have ever thought? There, and I won't, I won't get into backgrounds, but can I say that? Just, just take my word for it if you don't know other people's backgrounds. There is no way whatsoever outside of God that all of these backgrounds would have ended up in the same room outside of Jesus. That's why it's so wonderful. Saved, baptized, added to the church. That's why we ought to keep that purity of it. We believe in a saved church membership. Not just because when a baby's born, they get baptized into the church and then everything's fine for the rest of their life. They never make a conscious decision to do that. Well, what church, what church are you a member? I'm a member of the Catholic Church. Oh, when did you join there? I was born into it. No. We have a saved church membership. It's a conscious decision, realizing that you're a sinner, realizing that Jesus paid the price because you cannot, and accepting what Christ has done for us on Calvary. That's Bible salvation.